Hi, this is Amit. And this is Akhila. Welcome to the Indian Music Charts podcast. This is a show where we look at the weekly music charts on Spotify and make it our springboard for a larger discussion about the music industry. We discuss listener trends, what it says about the industry and where it might be heading, and occasionally we'll also share our two cents. New episodes drop every Tuesday, so don't forget to hit follow and the bell icon to be notified. Happy July, everyone. We're officially in the second half of the year, and today we're going to look at the charts published on 30th June 2023. This week's highest climber, moving up from 167 to 110, is True Stories by A.P. Dillon and Shinda Carlo. Uh, I thought this track would be much higher, frankly, but uh, maybe this is a slow burner, like and with, like most. It's a, of it's a really nice stats. track. I mean, I, I really liked it. Yeah, I'm sure it will climb up. It's already in the top 10 on Apple. Plus, But, it's a two-minute song, so you have to hear it twice to really hear what you're hearing. So yeah, yeah. So we probably might see it in the top ten soon. And also, in other news, indie favorite Anup Jain is seeing a new peak this week. Barshe has moved up from twenty-eight to twenty-three. I wonder what's caused this jump. I am not really sure because I I didn't see him do any big tours very I recently. I think it's the weather. Every time it rains, oh, people start yeah, saying. <laughs> Oh, you know what? You're right. I I think yeah, that that makes complete sense. Yeah, 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 yeah. Totally, totally, totally. So yeah, that's one topical marketing and moment you really can't control, but worked out in Anur Jain's favor. Uh, number one is holding steady. It's actually Tere Waste from Zara Hatke, Zara Bachke. And the track that's going to kick off this week's discussion is actually this week's highest new entry, debuting at number four on Spotify. It's a track that actually debuted at number two on YouTube. The number four debut actually makes it. Automatically makes it the highest-charting Tamil song this year. The track in question is "Naredi" from the film Leo. On the surface, it's a typical Kutha song with heavy percussion, one that's of course boosted by the star power of Vijay, the film's star. But the song was marred after in controversy by controversy after a police complaint was filed against the actor for promoting drugs and rowdiness. In the video, <laughs> listen. I, I okay. I really shouldn't laugh, but the word rowdiness is so funny, and you don't really get to hear it very often. Yeah, well, you know, I think in like basically Tamil music isn't rowdy like a very commonly used oh, phrase. There's so, like yeah, ra- rowdy, rowdy baby. Is, rowdy baby is big, but even like the the rowdy boy is like mm-hmm. a trope that is like the bad boy yeah. who's like really cool. Yeah, yeah. So so it, it's yeah. it's a thing, but like it it I mean. I should be a bit more familiar with it, and I am. But I guess because I live in Bombay, we don't really use that word as much. So I, I just find it a bit funny. Yeah, I mean, it is always a amusing word because who calls? I mean, the last time I was called rowdy, I think was in school some. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I think of a, like a real strict teacher going like, "Don't be a rowdy. I'll complain to your parents." Yeah. Anyway, the reason why it, he was called rowdy uh, or called out for rowdy behaviors because there's shots of him smoking and drinking, and that actually brings us to this week's discussion: was whether this controversy fueled curiosity, curiosity for the track, and or did it only add to his allure amongst Vijay's fan base? And Akhila, I wanted to ask you, as a marketing expert, the large question is: is all publicity good publicity? Okay, this is a slightly nuanced topic to get to, right? And I think through the course of this episode, we're going to land at a point where we can like safely answer this question. Mm-hmm. But I but think first thing I wanted to ask you, just, just sorry yeah. to interrupt, but I I do want to ask you, what does the song lyrics actually mean? 
Oh, so listen, this is just like a typical party song and mm-hmm. like, you know, he's guzzling beer in it, he's smoking in it and he's basically saying lyrics which are like, you know, the second like alcohol goes in, the real me sort of comes out and things mm-hmm. like that. So it's not really anything we haven't heard before, okay, not neither in Tamil nor in Hindi. It's really just one of those typical like honey sing type tracks where like, you know, you're talking about like drinking, having a good time and you know, whatever. So to be very honest, like, yeah, so uh, what I was also going to tell you is like, while we'll get to that larger question of is all publicity good publicity, I would just like talk about this incident first to begin with, right? Uh, I firstly found it a bit interesting that the case was filed under the Narcotics Act, which he's actually not doing anything narcotic. And there is, by the way, a completely separate act that deals with like, you know, portrayals of you know smoking and tobacco in movies. And it was not filed under that. So my first reaction, by the way, was, is this a publicity stunt? Because like, that's another thing, right? That does happen. Sometimes uh, publicists do want to fuel some kind of controversy mm-hmm. in order to get some, you know, marketing mileage and get people talking about things. And, I, I guess this is not one of those, but that's where my mind first went because so, I'm like... Yeah. So what I understand, they've now added a disclaimer and this is a lyric video. Yeah. It's not even a full video. It's just a lyric video. With, they've added shots a smoking of disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, but so, so was yeah, it... So, I mean, I don't know because I didn't see the video when it came out. I saw it like just now. I didn't see it when it just came out and no one was altered it, but like, I think it'd be unusual not, for no, him to be not like... altered the video in any way. They've just added like a disclaimer. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... it's weird that promoting drugs, I mean, I get the rowdiness bit, but you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I'm not, so I, I had some questions on like, it felt a little like newsy, right? Like imagine mm-hmm. you read, oh, you know, there's a uh, case filed under narcotics. You're immediately like, what? And but then when you get into the actual article, it's like, okay, it's smoking. And there's, by the way, completely like a separate act which talks about like, you know, the regulations around like promotion and advertising of tobacco and, you know, like cigarettes. And it was not filed under that. But the other thing is, which is also very interesting and like, smoking cigarettes. Okay, I'll talk about that very specifically because there is, in the context of the Tamil industry, it's actually been a very big part of the hero trope. And in fact, even if you've not seen Tamil movies, I think most people know about Rajnikanth's style mm-hmm. of smoking. And he has this one iconic flip, which yeah. is uh, where he flips it and then he sort of lights it. And this is from, I think, a 1992 movie called Annamale when he first did it. Mm-hmm. And since then, obviously, now when you go to YouTube, there are multiple compilations, right? And in fact, like as early as 1980, he was in this movie called Billa. Where mm-hmm. on the poster of the film itself, he's um, smoking a pipe, and yeah. and you, you see know, this so sort this of is... this kind of imagery. Even I think there's a classic shot of Amitabh in some movie where he's smoking a cigarette. You know, so and, I mean, there was a point of time in pop culture where smoking was was considered cool, but uh, yeah. you know, I I don't think it's so much so in like say Bollywood anymore, but it continues to be in the. Um, Correct. In, in, in Tamil, it's a lot more. In the Tamil industry, yeah. I, now I remember it's Divar, you know, there's that, that, that classic shot of him where he's, and I think there's even a, like, uh, no, the, the mural. There's and a mural. Is Divar the one? I'm, 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 oh, yeah, yes, yes. I know the ST plus R2 one, right? Yeah, yeah, but that doesn't show him smoking. That just shows him okay, sort of reclining yeah, on the chair. Yeah, it has him in the outfit, right? In that, like, yeah, the yeah, denim outfit. In the coolie outfit, yeah, yeah. And But there is also a still from that same scene, I think, where he's smoking a cigarette. 
so you know it very much was like a like i said in the 70s i mean it's considered cool and i think that like in some studies have shown that even now uh like tobacco usage has gone up but you don't see it so much in the films right it's not considered a part of like it's you don't, a, a, and yeah also it's a very big generational shift mm-hmm. by the way like gen z doesn't drink as much doesn't smoke mm-hmm. as much so it's not necessarily considered cool well, they're smoking anymore. other things and they're eating other things so they're <laughs> not uh, you know i yeah. think every generation like, has its has it, its everyone uh, has their vices yeah that yeah. which can be taxed they are not consuming mm-hmm. which is bad for the economy mm-hmm. but you know like but the other thing which also, is legal that they're not consuming that which right? is yeah legal so it's legal so we can tax it we can make mm-hmm. money out of our vices oh shit i sound like the government i'm going to stop mm-hmm. but uh, you know see one aspect is whatever right like you know smoking one aspect is smoking being seen as cool the other thing also when you look at like and i guess it's not necessarily just tamil society i think again back then in the 70s and the 80s i think india in general was a very patriarchal society mm-hmm. right and there was always this idea of masculinity mm-hmm. that the hero always had to portray mm-hmm. and they had to reinforce this in every way possible right mm-hmm. like he has to have this gruff look he has to he'll also by the way always be the underdog right like like a coolie or like you mm-hmm. know a man of the people and yeah. man of the people in many ways also had to show that oh he had a long day so he's having a beer right so what's the so, difference now in tamil cinema is it just that they are uh, they are uh, i don't know richer but still doing the same things <laughs> like so you know even so there's masala tamil films okay mm-hmm. which is your typical the way we have these big khan films over here so is leo so, fall fall under leo that leo would fall under masala yeah a, a lot yeah. of these especially so when it comes to like vijay or ajit mm-hmm. and all of these guys they all fall under that masala mm-hmm. category uh, they'll always have that kutu song like this mm-hmm. one right and it'll always be high on energy they'll be mm-hmm. like smoking drinking mm-hmm. what not right and so it's really not uncommon and this is not like the mm. first time this has happened mm. in a movie it's probably not even the first time it's happened in a vijay movie to be honest mm-hmm. like so many of dhanush's movies he's smoking like vijay mm-hmm. sethupati was like smoking quite a bit mm-hmm. both in farzi recently but again that's bilingual uh he's drinking quite a bit in it mm-hmm. he's also smoking quite a bit in vikram veda and you just see a disclaimer on it mm-hmm. so like it's something that exists and there are also two things that i guess we as consumers know right sometimes it's the character you know yeah. it's for the story right you want to build a personality and like the director uses several tools to build their character and i do believe that for the most part i think consumers are smart and they can know that what is like fake personality and what is this person really wanting you to do and mm-hmm. i think one thing that came up was uh, they essentially felt that if he smokes and if he drinks he is so big and he is so popular he is going to drive more young people to smoke and drink and that mm-hmm. is what the basis of the case was right and so again like i don't think i feel that this track would have anyway done as well as it did okay I worked on multiple releases that have been pictured on Vijay and mm-hmm. on Ajit and I will tell you one thing every one of them breaks their previous record and every yeah. one of them will break the other person's record that is yeah. just the nature of the industry so at least in this industry I don't think this controversy has really contributed to mm-hmm. you know even the intrigue or interest value I think maybe within the B2B side not B2C mm-hmm. but yeah. you know Amit I did want to ask you like again 
with the Tamil side is cultural context. The performance is also not affected because of cultural context. In Bollywood though, right? Mm. Controversies, I guess, in music have always been about plagiarism. And you have spoken about this mm. quite a bit. So do you want to kind of maybe talk about like how controversies play out in Bollywood versus the South and whether there have been cases where it truly either propels the movie forward or it pulls it back or it does nothing? Mm-hmm. Uh, I think in the recent past that we've seen, uh, basically, uh, you know, I think the most recent example was Besharam Brang, right? Wherein they, the sort of right-wing mm. uh, people, <laughs> people from the right-wing basically <laughs> wanted to ban it because they said that, you know, she was wearing a saffron bikini and that was offensive to you know, Hindu sensibility. Yeah, I did or... go watch the music video because of this, by the way. Because yeah. I was like, what is this African bikini? And then I saw it and it took me a while to even figure what they're talking about. Yeah, and, and I can't remember. I think they cut out that bit or they something they did something. I don't think they completely eliminated the bikini or they eliminated the scene where they were kissing or something like that because their issue was that she's kissing him. or So I think they altered it slightly. But I don't think mm-hmm. it at all affected the... Uh, you know the success of that song like for all we know like you said but do you think a lot it propelled people, it do you it think like probably did I, mean, I, 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 I can't say because I don't know but it definitely didn't hurt the song uh, because nobody stopped like listening to it it was a hit song again the song was also which is one point for all publicity is good yeah, publicity yeah, yeah. and also it was controversial for other reasons right because it was allegedly plagiarizing another song like uh uh, correct. Akiba, remember? Uh, so, so yeah, they said yeah, that correct, uh, correct. it it was uh, plagiarizing that. So, it I had sort of two things against it, but it d- didn't stop it from becoming a huge hit. But surprisingly, when you look at it in the long run, Jhume Jo Patan, which was the like title track, I suppose mm-hmm. the, the default title track from the soundtrack, actually performed better than Besharam Ram. You know, mm-hmm. so. Uh, I don't know. I mean, like, it's. I don't think that the controversy made controversy made any difference to this. And usually, the controversies in Bollywood tend to be around two things. One is mm-hmm. that some right wing person will find some problem with the video, and or, they'll be like boycott this. Yeah, yeah. Or there'll be a plagiarism angle. And another example of this is, I think, no, I don't. I don't think it was Kesarya the song. But the Brahmastra uh, video, uh, trailer, I remember when it came out, there was a shot of Ranbir Kapoor entering a temple in wearing shoes. And that was in the trailer, not in the music video for Kesarya. But again, that seems to be, basically in the recent past, this seems to be the main reason why anything in Bollywood okay. gets... Uh, Right-wing you know. and plagiarism. Yeah. These yeah. Are the... And neither of them seem to have too much of an effect on the... Uh, you know, on the publicity, uh, so, I mean, sorry, not on the publicity, on the success. So nothing of, in of, the space of social discourse like this issue. This issue is more about like, what image are you putting out to the youth of the country? Uh, well, I'm sure there have been examples, but I'm just looking really at the most recent past because I do feel hmm. that, you know, uh, we're in a, cons- the society, society is changing constantly. So the societal norms are also changing constantly, right? Hmm. I mean, uh, so just in terms of like you know how much skin you can show in a in a music video mm, you know mm, uh, mm. it has changed drastically from like you know the uh, i guess from the 1950s to like yeah. even the 1980s to now i mean you know it's really changed so there's 
always some controversy or the other. I mean, I remember some years, it was during the pandemic where there was that uh, song from this absolutely forgettable movie, which I can't even like remember this. I think it was Kali Peely and it was, I think, Ananya Pandey and Ishan... Khattar? Khattar, yeah. And I think it was... Uh, Beyonce Sharma Jayegi or something and they oh, yes, sort of, yes, yes, where yes. they called Beyonce the Gori or something oh, or something okay. like yeah, that yeah, yeah. Some, some, I, something I, I like that essentially and that just seemed like dumb you know like you know she's a black woman why would you say like even Gori yeah. Gori is like a it's a commonly used uh, term. Yeah, in... that, that's just like tone deaf and racist. Yeah, it, it's a commonly used word in like in the lyrics. But you know Beyonce. I mean, come on, this is Vishal Shekhar. They we clearly know who Beyonce is. They clearly know who. But you know, sometimes these guys just work like with their head down, like a, it's almost like a factory, and they just do something, and it just mm-hmm. doesn't occur to them. And I'm not sure. Yeah, I think it's someone I, I don't know again i'm guessing someone else wrote the lyrics yeah but i mean you're I, composing the music you you hear the finished song i'm sure song, you right? have to hear it yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I don't know what the process and how no one in a team of so many people people yeah could figure said, that out and know? i think that and that just so happened to be that that movie was i think only released on ott it wasn't a good great film and that controversy it flared up i remember on social media at the time but because, and the song wasn't, wasn't, I guess, that great either. So it really didn't affect, uh, I mean, so did the controversy affect the song? I think a lot of people probably checked out the song because they were reading about the controversy. And so, then, you know, they were so like, we have bad content. Controversy could actually help you. Yeah, but doesn't necessarily mean that it will turn your song into a hit, right? It just means that yeah. it will, uh, you know. It will get so it, again. One more point for it all publicity is good into publicity. the door, but they'll stay for yeah. the music. Yeah, you know? but I mean, they'll walk out if they don't like what they hear. So yeah. you know. Um, but but is this different? Let's say in the context of English music, right? Because there have been several, you know, cases of like controversial music videos or like things like that, which have sort of been the biggest talking point about mm. those tracks or those artists. So like, how do you think that sort of differs or like, do you think it's similar? Yeah, well, I mean, there always been, you know, examples like this sort of, there's certain artists who caught controversy, like for example, Madonna, who's always yeah. wanted to be controversial and, uh, you know, uh, and uh, like a prayer was a common, you know, most, uh, mm. you know, sort of most cited example where the, it was actually, part of a Pepsi, a, uh, an ad for Pepsi. And I remember she was, she was kissing a black Jesus. So, I mean, deliberately provocative, deliberately like, you know, when you mm. bring religion into the picture, uh, it automatically sort of, you know, just takes things in another tangent. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah it is actually you, part of a brand. Yeah. But again, you know, like a prayer, that mm. song is actually one of Madonna's best songs ever. It's one of the best songs she's mm. ever made. So, even if today I hear it without any context about what was this video, I will still like it, right? Uh, and mm-hmm. she's constantly like somebody who who feels that, you know, I'm the queen of controversy. And she released a track with Sam Smith and they called it Vulgar, right? Mm-hmm. They just called it Vulgar because that's what they're known for. About it. But Sam Smith is also being really provocative recently in a lot of his videos, you know. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the thing is, like, that's the thing, right? So he released a really... Again, controversial video recently where he's doing all sorts of things. <laughs> and 
that song didn't become a hit right and mm. unholy before that which again was provocative but not to the extent that this other video the follow up song which was name of which is not coming to my mind but mm. you know unholy was not it was out there but it was not that out there it wasn't anything we'd seen right. before so that song became a huge smash the second video which was far more like out there and outrageous didn't actually become a hit so mm. uh, you know i think that controversy does help mm. in to an extent but it does not help uh make a song a hit you know yeah. uh if, if the song that... is not good if the song is not good that... yeah so that checks out and like you know the more we've been talking about it like to me i feel like for the most part yes controversies do help as much as like whether you do it or not that's very different but it kind of i feel like it comes down to two things right whether it works for you and i think one is is it a part of your brand right madonna yes rakhi sawant yes urfi jadav yes right uh, these are people who you know for controversy yeah, yeah. you're actually looking for them to do something out there right mm-hmm. and so but you know i i'll just hmm. like take it back a little to say that again genre also makes a difference right like uh, hip hop like we were talking about this hmm. in our last uh, a couple of episodes ago and it kind of ties into the political uh, angle that we spoke about should artists be political and like punjab like hip hop punjabi hip hop we were talking about being a hip hop in general you know a lot of the lyrics tend to be misogynistic a lot of the content sometimes mm. promotes violence or whatever. not promotes violence but talks about violent situations and, and this thing is a part of yeah, the yeah. whole culture and you know right now in the us the there is a big uh, th- this is come i think to like a legislative level wherein there is this controversial use of rap lyrics to mm. uh, you know to uh, to sort of um, uh, be held against rappers in cases because not re- and the argument is, is you know this is fiction this is just like fiction writing and you can't mm. necessarily like hold somebody uh you know say that somebody is in a gang just because they write about lyrics uh, and is participating in gang related activities just because they write lyrics that talk about this world you know mm. uh but like it, but there's part of the territory yeah. right i mean it's but part of this whole i think yeah, there's a fine I mean, line i think one can fight it saying that you're glorifying the gang life yeah, you know and that gangster that's rap is a genre in itself right yeah and you have yeah. i mean not only that i mean you have artists who sort of build a aura of like you know have a certain image like like you're saying a brand like mc stan for instance right his lyrics mm-hmm. again you know might you know uh he he's kind of closer to i guess american rappers in that sense than to like uh Indian rappers, majority whom who do not yeah, discuss words. Yeah, the one who's singing about yeah. his mom, dude. So yeah. no, I mean he sings about a lot of other things, but he sings <laughs> yeah. about. I mean he doesn't use cuss words, and like none of them, you yeah, most doesn't. of them don't use cuss words, right? Um, yeah, and like most of the biggest Indian acts, they don't use them. And I think, like I said, I I really like Indian hip hop much more than I like American hip hop because I feel that. it's just so much more intelligent it's not about yeah. yeah i think it's less about shock value it's a lot yeah. about like storytelling i mean and not honestly, to say that like, there's somebody like kendrick who will use oh, you know, a lot of lang- yeah. bad language or whatever but will still say something yeah. of substance so there's a way to do it you know yeah, uh, yeah. there's a way to do it well so uh, 
I guess it's also the culture of the genre and so many things around. Like context is everything as we keep talking about. Correct. But, you know, uh, and the reason why I brought up the whole political angle is does, I mean, I think the like the final question that we need to ask ourselves is do controversies kill careers, right? Or is it there always a good way to like spin the uh, yeah, this whole, the whole thing, and, and I'll give you yeah, two examples so, of uh, yeah. of American acts that have had their careers killed by controversy, and mm-hmm. then bounce back many many years mm-hmm. later. One was the Dixie Chicks, who in two thousand and two or two thousand, I think it was two thousand three, at a concert, I think in Texas of all the places, said that they were ashamed that George Bush was there, George W. Bush was the president after the invasion mm-hmm. of Iraq, and mm-hmm. they were like basically pariahs overnight in the US because of all those, mm-hmm. you know, uh, rednecks, which were a major part so, of their, yeah, yeah, Republicans, yeah. major part of their fan base, automatically just, you know, they overnight. They just, huh? they got cancelled. Cancel. That's they what cancel them. Yeah. US radio, like also, because they, their listeners were all from this sort of segment, stopped playing them. I remember their song was like in the top 10 and then next week it just fell out of the chart, like to some lower, like in the nine, in from out of the top forty. And I remember this incest me so much that I actually wrote, like Billboard had this like ask Billboard column where you could ask uh-huh. questions. And I actually wrote in saying that don't you think that this is like unfair and like how can this be and shouldn't there be some way to like stop? But I think their response was like you know we just reflect the the charts and we just reflect what's actually what people are actually hearing. It's like basically mm-hmm. taking mm-hmm. a very sort of I mean, it's a charts are not supposed to be affected by politics, right? I mean, you don't... I mean, yeah, yeah. If people are listening, they're listening. If they're yeah, not, they're not. People, exactly. So, they were... And then it took them like a good four years when... Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the whole... Or three or four years when basically the conversation about whether the war was the right thing to do really swung, you know, over. And and America itself tried to relook at things. And then they came back and they released this album. Um and the song Not Ready to Make Nice, which basically won swept the Grammy Awards the next mm-hmm. year. And the song was basically about how how they had to deal with this whole con. And this is the lead singer essentially. She was the one who made the statement and her mm-hmm. uh, you know, her life, she got like these death threats and all of these things and it did affect their career, right? Because their album and this this their music was automatically like just completely uh you know, uh fell off the charts. And then the other person around the same time, I think whether it was that same year or the following year was Janet Jackson at the Super Bowl. Bowl? Yeah, the Super Bowl where Justin Timberlake ripped off her bra or something and her breast was exposed and this was like not planned. For like a millisecond or something. Yeah, yeah. And then she was cancelled. And this is talk about like patriarchy and all of this. Yeah, for something she had no control of. No, no. It was all planned. They planned to do it. I think it was essentially, it was like, I don't, that was the, that was the time that the term wardrobe malfunction became a part of popular culture because that was not something. I I don't know. I think I heard a slightly different story and maybe, I don't know, it could be wrong. Mm. I know there's like, whatever, the ripping off was supposed to be a part of it, Mm -hmm. but like the nip slip was not supposed to happen. The nip slip was not supposed to be part of it, exactly. So that's correct, right? So like, yeah, yeah. So so that's why it's But then she got cancelled, not for the ripping off, but for the nip slip, which obviously was not in her control. Yeah, well, that was basically part of the same thing, right? I mean, it was like the... um, whole plan thing to make it like uh, make this controversial statement at, at the Super Bowl of all the places and she was cancelled people said that how could she do this and you know uh, 
thousands of children are watching and Justin Timberlake got away unscathed you know yeah. and that was so ridiculous I mean at the time that like you know the and you're also looking at a black woman and a white man mm. and you know like, uh, and, the part and dynamics think, is yeah, yeah you, and you I also talk about think, it you cannot talk about it and really, cancel the woman and, out and you know right? Janet Jackson the to be woman. fair had was already like had her like had already peaked I guess in in a sense in terms of career and so this was probably you know a pop star's career typically lasts about like what if you're lucky 10 to 15 years and then you sort of start to peter off because it's a very ageist yeah. uh, ageist uh, genre as well ageist sort of uh, industry sorry and so Janet Jackson never was really able to recover from that her subsequent albums didn't match the success of anything she had released hmm. uh, you know she had she was one of the biggest acts of the 1980s and the 1990s Nothing that she released subsequent to that Super Bowl incident ever. And she's had some kind of redemption. I think there was a documentary about her. There's definitely been sort of hmm. just like with the whole Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky thing. You know, people have re-looked at a lot of these things and seen how they treated somebody. And again, it says a lot about American society, sadly. Uh, you know, Morgan Wallen, right. who was this country artist, who was, uh, you know, two years ago caught live on camera using the N-word. Using it, mm. I think, for a white friend of his, you know, stumbling home completely drunk after what he says were like a 72-hour bender or some such, whatever. Uh-huh. But, you know, it's, of course, you cannot use the N-word if you are not black. And that's something that everybody knows. That's something that Indian rappers don't seem to be aware of. And have, I think, because they're so under the radar, nobody realizes. Mm. But Morgan Wallen, there was a huge controversy. Uh, you know, his label said they were temporarily suspending him. I think his management said they were dropping him. Uh, uh, Country Music Award said that he was not going to be eligible for any Grammy. Uh, I mean, uh, any uh, any awards that year. The Grammys did not nominate him, even though his album was at number one. And do you know what happened after that controversy? What? His album sales actually went up. Because a lot of these guys, yeah. you know, these these rednecks said that, oh, he's being unnecessarily, he's been, this is an overreaction yeah. no, no, and we don't support call cancer that. culture. Like it, it depends. And this is the other thing, by the way, right? Like, I think there is also this whole parallel narrative around, like, is cancel culture too much? Okay. Yeah. And without getting into the nuance of it all, if your controversy is able to appeal to a very specific cohort, it actually can help you, right? And that it looks like that this is a case of that. Yeah. So, I, I mean, he did... He did sort of disappear for a while. He did sort of meet with like black leaders. He did sort of say he was doing some kind of rehab. And after like a couple of months, he re- re-emerged with this apology video. And now two years have passed. And now once again, he's at the top of the charts. He's got the biggest album of the year so mm. far in America. Uh, you know, so it kind of, so this guy was completely not cancelled. Granted, in terms of indiscretions, even especially when you think about things like the Me Too movement and how so many people have not been affected by that, you know, because hmm. that was just so vast and it just involved so many people and how so many musicians were, you know, didn't really get affected by that. Uh, and this kind of seems like a minor indiscretion, especially if you're, say, if you're not black. And you don't have... Yeah. And also, I think he was not in a state of mind you know. to know what he was doing. He has apologized. Right? He, he's done the work. It's... Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. But I, again, you know, there's a lot of like people that feel that yeah, he's done the work. But what? He said he's like he did the work. And did he really do the work? Because he didn't like... For instance, he was supposed to donate a certain amount of money to 
you know, black organizations. I mean, nobody knows whether he's actually done that or whatever it is. Uh, you know, I just feel that in the larger context of things, maybe feel, feel that, okay, it was a stupid thing to do. And he admitted that it was a really dumb thing to do. In the level of things that other people have done, to me hmm. personally, okay, yeah, it's like I'm saying, but again, I'm not saying if I, as a, as somebody who's not black and who does not, you know, who, who does not know what the weight of that word, the weight of that word is, because it's not my personal experience. I am not in the, I'm not the correct person to say even that, you know, it was minor. Yeah. But, but anyway, just to, but it did not affect his career at all. If I, I mean, I don't, hmm. I don't want to say it helped it, but it, it by and large, you consider the fact that the things that he had to give up and the things that he, you know, how his career has done afterwards, uh, it, it's like it's had nil effect, you know. Um, yeah. yeah. And, you know, honestly, when I look at this from, again, like the marketing and the PR standpoint and, you know, through the course of this conversation and, of course, like my thinking on this in general as we, you know, look at it as music marketers, right? I do kind of sort of like and I said this in the start of the episode that to an extent yes all publicity is good publicity there's very little that can go very wrong but there are certain caveats right and to me like I was trying to say this boils down to two things one is your brand right if you are a always controversial you can kind of pull it off it doesn't really have a negative impact on you at all in that case right because you're known to be controversial maybe it marginally helps you because your audience is looking for to you to see what new controversy you're doing. But the second thing, right, and I think that becomes more important, is that all controversies are not equal, okay? And again, like, this is my own framework where I think there are three levels. One is like, you rather not, which I think is the case of what has happened with Vijay, where it's a case of, hey, you're very influential, please don't smoke, because if you smoke, you're influencing mm-hmm. other people to do it. So I'd rather that you not do it. Then there is what the fuck. This, I think, is actually the (laughs) nice place to be, by the way, when you can create shock value, right? Uh, Like, I remember, I think it was in Miley Cyrus for Wrecking Ball when she came in a whole new avatar and everyone was like, what the hell? This girl was like, you know, America's sweetheart and now she looks like the opposite of that. So you just want to be in the what the fuck happened zone. That's the sweet spot. The Which I think is a lot of teenage acts do. I mean, you've seen this constantly happen with like, Brit- mm-hmm. I think Britney Spears or Christina Aguilera or anybody who like, and Miley Cyrus subsequently, it was just, it's a very common trope. It happened, and you know, we talk about Janet Jackson, she did the exact same mm-hmm. thing. Uh, you know, she was again America's sweetheart, this girl next door, and then suddenly flipped and, you know, decided to become like, discovered my sexuality. The discovering my sexuality yeah. thing is a very common trope in pop culture for like young female acts, mm. you know. And yeah, so that's the spot to be in if you want to use controversies mm. to help your career. And again, it'll get people into the door. Your music is what is going to make people stay. So like if you have very bad music or if you have music that's not having repeat value, you're only getting top of funnel. You're not getting conversion. You're not getting retention. Then the last category is the you get cancelled, right? Mm -hmm. And of course, now I hate to say this, but people can get cancelled for a lot of reasons. And in many cases, they may not have to be major. But that last category that I'm talking about is you've done something truly heinous. Mm -hmm. And and to be honest, like some people get away with it. Like, for example, for me, in my mind, I think a lot of what is portrayed in Kabir Singh falls under heinous. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But uh, 
yeah again it didn't really have a negative impact but if it was an individual person who's come into like the limelight for any sort of crime which mm-hmm. is against the law i think there there's no redemption because mm-hmm. there you're just out and that's all for the right reason right and it's justified like, right and that case i think yeah. the cancel culture you should and people some people should be canceled and yeah sometimes they're not but i mean i think that it's also you have to divorce whether somebody is doing this on an individual level or whether they're doing it as part of the film right so this is very much in the context of the film right that this is a bit and it's a surprise that they are going after vijay not the director of the film not the choreographer of the film yeah, and by the way we should mention that the song is this. composed by anirudh ravichandar who has worked with him uh, and has done a lot of multiple these kind times, of tracks yeah. multiple tracks and vijay has even got vocals on it i believe so you know it is um, nobody's going out and calling <laughs> it's funny right it's again like this how like we go on about but like you've not I, I i don't know whether the filmmaker and the choreographer have have been also part of this case but yeah, we're not the actor yeah. because he's the face of it but again he's essentially just an employee who is a very well played yeah. employee who's just doing what he's been told you know so is it i think you have to look at it if somebody does on a something on an individual basis like in their private life which is like you said a crime or something like that obviously that person is going to get cancelled and should be cancelled uh, you know uh, and things that are like basically what morgan wallen did right which is not part of his uh is mm. unrelated to his music career but what janet jackson did was very much part of her career because it was part of her performance right and so uh you know so you have to look at whether i am i do is it private life or whether this is part of something that you're doing as part of your show yeah. as part of your music you know i think those are two different things so i think when we when we talk about here it's a little more calculated kind of controversy generation where it's deliberately a part of what you are packaging out there and how justified is that right you know like is all because you know that you're going to get some backlash and you're doing yeah. this deliberately thinking that you know the backlash is going to get me some eyeballs right or yeah. miley guys that is case a wrecking ball exactly so there you have it folks that's the that's the word on is all publicity good publicity well it depends for the most part yes but context is king so yet again we bought you a topic that has a lot of layers and does not have a straightforward answer but that's what we do and yeah. we'll be back next week with what will hopefully be an equally layered subject we'll see you next week yeah.